Welcome to another episode of The Brief. Today we're talking to Rob Woodbridge, a mobile strategist, well, and more. Rob has got uh, years and years of experience, not only in the digital realm, but also understanding with the business capacity from inside and outside large corporations. Uh, Rob's major play right now is working with companies to reassess where they are digitally, but also understand what the platform and mobile is going to do for them. Uh, Rob, welcome today. Thanks, Andrew. It's great to be here. So, uh, I'm not even sure where to start with this conversation because there's about uh, a thousand points of light coming together, as, uh, as was once said. Um, it seems that mobile is everywhere. You know, it's not even mobile anymore. It's just what are the touch points that we're looking at and how is mobile playing a factor in it? Because um, it's a factor in almost everything to do with a digital platform these days. So uh, I, I want to cut right to the chase. What are you seeing? How are you seeing it? What's going to happen? And, and you know what? Why are people not there yet? You know, it's a, it's a really good question, but I think that the challenge is that we're so close to it, right? So we see the potential, a lot of people uh, don't see the potential because they, they're not immersed in it every day. Um, mobile is no longer just a thing anymore. It's not the device you carry or the devices you carry, the screens you carry. It's not even, you know, from getting from point A to point B anymore. It's foundational in everybody's business. This is not just an option anymore to be a part of it. You have to actually bring it in your business. So the question is, why don't people see it? I think it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible that they don't see it to begin with. But I think of it as um, the beginning of a wave, right? And if you picture a wave with the foam on the very top of the wave as it just is about to crest, that's where we are with this industry. We're just cresting right now. And I think that there's a, an advanced wave of companies that have started to grasp this. Uh, and then there's this next generation of company right after that that is, is starting to look at it and say, oh my God, this is huge, we've got to do something about it. And then there's this third uh, instance of companies that are sitting back thinking, you know what, this is not a big deal, we don't need it, our business is fine. And those are the ones that are in jeopardy, the guys that are sitting back on the wave, waiting for the perfect wave to jump in, and they're not jumping in too quickly. So people don't see it. They don't see it, but they're about to see it as it crashes upon them. So Rob, we're talking about the executive suite. The C-suite, the people that are making the decisions right across the top, the CFO, the CTO, uh, the chief marketing officer, all of these guys, they're all in the room together. They're talking about this in different perspectives, all different ways to approach it. What are you hearing? How are you seeing it make a difference? When I, when I sit in front of people and when I talk to people, one of the biggest fundamental things that a lot of people don't grasp is that this isn't about a mobile strategy, right? This isn't about a, a digital strategy. This is a business strategy. This is, this is core. Right, so when we talk about foundational, that's exactly what, what it is, is that you, know, you have to understand what it is that you want to get out of these platforms before you can actually get into these platforms. So people focus on the end, like we, we saw that. I need a website, remember those days? Why? We just do, right? Because they have it, because Sally has it. I, now it was an app, I need an app. Why? Because I just do, just build an app. And we, so we've gone through those phases, we'll never learn. The next generation, I need a wrist app. Okay, why? Because, right? But you know, when, when you get past that, found, that, that issue of, of having to just build for the sake of building, it really comes down to the core outcome that you want. So what do you want to achieve with these platforms? The technology exists. You just have to apply it to the business challenge. That's what people are ignoring. You sit down with them and all they do is talk about the outcome. I need a mobile payment. Well, why? Right? I need an app. Why? I need a mobile website. Why? What do you want to achieve? And that's the question that they're not asking. They just jump to the, out, the, you know, the end game first. What's the holdback, or what are they seeing, and what are they needing? Well, it, it's much more about um, what is it. What is so important about mobile? We see it everywhere, but they don't know where it fits into their business. So I always break it down into two things: is that you are either doing one of two things with, with your mobile strategy, or you're not doing anything at all, or else you are just a, a game, right? 
So the first thing that you're doing is you're, you're, you're trying to find new customers, right? That's bottom line for these guys. The C-suite, they're looking for opportunities for revenue. That's, it's got to be. That's their job. So they're looking to exploit or find new revenue opportunities. And the second thing that they're trying to do, if they're not trying to find new revenue opportunities, is to keep existing customers inside of their business. So it's about loyalty. It's about keeping them as part of, the, of, of their business. And for me, those are the only two options when it comes to a business. You're either out, outward facing, you're either looking for new customers or trying to keep existing customers because both of those lead to revenue. Again, I'm going to go back to the question. What's stopping them from moving? Confusion. Okay. Right? I think that there's just so overwhelming the opportunities that are out there, right? So that the people just stop. So they, they, they have, from a C standpoint, from a C-suite standpoint, it's, it's pretty risky. To, to put a lot of money and invest a lot of money into a mobile experience that really we all know isn't fully baked yet. I mean, we're building on molten lava, right? That's what we're trying to do when it comes to the mobile industry. So it's very risky for them to make a decision about doing something in mobile that could fail or that may be obsolete in six months or a year down the road. I think the challenge that they're running up against is that they don't see the impact of what this shift to these devices is doing to their business. They look at, at a binary number like sales and they don't understand the influence that mobile is having on the sales. They just look and say, well, not a lot of sales are coming through mobile, right? And we're starting to see that, but they don't understand the impact of everything leading into that. The other thing that they're focusing on exclusively when it comes to that is they're, they're, they're focusing on the technology, mm -hmm. right? So they're technology first always, and that's what they do. They look for a way to implement technology, not a new way to do their business as a result of the technology. So they start at the wrong end of this axis. They should be starting at how does it impact their business and get to the technology at the end, but they're not doing that either. Working with these groups, you get in, you talk them through their business, you talk them through how the opportunities they may be missing within this uh, environment. Does that, is it an immediate change or does it take them a little while to, to come around to the concept of saying, you know what, it's not technology, it is the business structure, and they're, just, they're looking for that opportunity and, and your experience in this space is now giving them the, the comfort to know that, wait a second, by having this many conversations, seeing the winners, uh, talking about business change and, and augmentation, which you're very good at, is that where you're seeing the, the key play? It is, and you know, it, it's funny because when you sit and, and you start the conversation as mobile, um, people are very interested in having that conversation, but it quickly shifts over to business practices. It's understanding, as I said before, it's, this is foundational. This is, this is at the ground level of your business uh, in order to be able to succeed on this platform. You have to understand where it fits in. So having that conversation, uh, it, it, you know, it, it transitions very quickly. And you know what? Some people, I, I've sat with, with groups for two days or three days, and the first day it's me just saying the same thing over again, that this is foundational. It's not about the technology. It's not about mobile. It's about what you want your business to do in that platform. And they, they, they fight. And then the very next day they come in the morning and they're like, Okay, I get it. And then we can move on because until you get that part right, until you understand that it is not about technology or about mobile, it's about your business, uh, you can't move forward or else you're just talking about tech. When you talk to these guys, are there some ones that are standing out that are making some real impact today that are sort of leading the way? I, I, I think so. And they're doing it in, in very subtle ways, right? They're not in your face. They understand the path to purchase or the path to the consumer involves many, many different steps along the way, and they're not in control of that all the way. So, uh, you know, we, we use Starbucks quite often as a good example of a company that has that found an audience, and this is one of the things that they've done so well. Well, I may not agree with the way that they go about, uh, you know, how much emphasis they put on mobile commerce. They they built a mass following and converted that mass following into mass mobile users, and then they started layering on services on top of that. 
that make people love Starbucks even more. And I see that as a perfect example of a company that really embraced mobile when the time was right. And sometimes the time is not right to embrace it, but you have to have it in the back of your mind. So building an audience is key. Building customers is key. And then layering on mobile on top of that that makes a difference in their lives is key as well. Brings them a little bit closer. So that's a perfect example. Is mobile payment going to be the big Trojan horse in this situation? Uh, so I, I, I appreciate what Starbucks has done. They, have a, uh, they follow that path of creating loyalty within their brand, right? So they are the number one mobile commerce platform in North America right now as a result of that. They started with a huge audience, did something very smart, grew very quickly, and, and are still growing when it comes to how people use their device. And made it easy. Made it very easy. Mm -hmm. um, but fundamentally, it's no different than paying cash or paying with a debit card. Like, I have stored value in my bank account, and then when I just tap my, my debit card, it's the same thing as tapping the app, although it's much faster. So while it is amazing, it is not revolutionary, if you know what I mean. So mobile payments um, really is nothing, right? So there's a battle going on right now with mobile payments. But mobile payments is the end game of doing a million things right for the consumer standpoint. So when I talk to companies that they say, you know, we're a mobile payments company, they're an enabler for mobile payments. The challenge that I have is that you have to actually get somebody, convince somebody to get to a product, like the product, be comfortable with the purchase, and then actually the purchase happens as a result of everything that you've done. Right? So mobile payments are anomaly for me because it's a battle right now, but we don't talk about cash in the same way that we talk about mobile payments, right? Mm -hmm. We don't. We don't look at how many dollars are paid uh, out from cash, but somehow, for some reason, we're tracking mobile payments. It doesn't make any sense to me that this is such a focus right now. That focus on the things that lead to the payments, the payment will come. So in the boardroom, you're looking at the overall experience. We've got all the pieces still in play. Payments is just going to make it easier to to get that transaction to happen. Yeah. And I actually I think that there's a space there that we're seeing from the web perspective to the mobile perspective to the location perspective. We'll see that payments become part of the overall transaction. Mobile payment will become play there. Um, will it make me spend more money? I still think it's going to matter on the product. It's still going to matter. We maybe right. see better data come out of the micropayments. Well, I think that there's there's person-to-person -person payments, there's uh, check splitting, those kinds of things that I think will emerge much sooner than this mass adoption of payments. Apple Pay has done an incredible job to create awareness, but ultimately, they're just taking taking payments away from credit cards and cash. That's It's, it's a direct translation from moving from payments, from credit cards and cash onto Apple Pay, all you're doing is substituting one for the other. We've heard there's like 13 different platforms coming, and each one's trying to beat out the other one. That's, yep. it, they're, you know, the dust will settle on that eventually. Um, but at, at the expense of the consumer. Oh, so, interesting. So the, the fact that, that you have Apple Pay, you have Google Wallet, you have um, currency, you have a whole bunch of these uh, merchant exchange, you have all of these different types of technology or payments groups that are coming together. The only person suffering right now is the customer, is the consumer. So it stunts growth of mobile payments, right? So everybody's focused on this thing, but they don't understand is that you can't use Apple Pay in a Macy's. Right? You can't use Apple Pay uh, in certain stores. I mean, it, the adoption isn't there, so, but somebody else's technology is there. You couldn't use uh, SoftCard, which was bought by Google, uh, anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. except for maybe some vending machines. So th the idea that, that there's this ubiquitous uh, environment of mobile payment is, is a fallacy, and, and it's still credit cards, still cash, still debit cards. 
ahead of this because you're going to walk into a store in the United States like Target, for example, and not be able to use one of those three or one of those four uh, uh, platforms. So that is going to piss people off. So it's about buying into the brand and having that brand association, that loyalty comes back to... But it, no, no, it, it, it's a little bit more than that because if, for example, uh, Starbucks decided to abandon their mobile payment and went with Google Wallet, right? And Google Wallet wasn't available on, on the iPhone. That's what I'm talking about, right? Is that would you stop going to Starbucks as a result of being able to not pay with your phone? No. Okay. So, so we're clear. No. But, but so <laughs> the brand loyalty doesn't fall on the mobile payment. The brand loyalty falls on, on the shoulders of the company. Sure. Right? And I think that that's what people forget is that I don't care about how I pay. I care about the store or the location or the business that I'm doing business with. That is, that's the challenge. And, and mobile payments are important, I think, in the industry. They are. It's a transition, it's a transitory technology, but I believe that I'm not going to walk around and think, oh man, I can't go to that store because it doesn't accept Google Wallet. That sounds dumb. So why is everybody focusing on mobile payments? You should be focusing on your business and then enable payments as they come. All right, so the next conversation I want to have, data. I am not seeing technology and all the information that I'm providing it increasing or changing my profile uh, for betterment right now. I keep giving them information and I keep hoping they're going to do something with it and I don't see it. Are you seeing that, 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 that maybe mobile payment is going to actually help bridge some of that? Well, I think that it's behavior, right? And, and uh, you know, this, this whole world of all that data that is uh, now we can collect mm -hmm. um, is confusing everybody, right? So we are collecting it. People are collecting this data and they don't know what to do with it because they're not sure what they're looking for. And, and I think it comes back to that foundational business question of why collect it. So if, if, you are, if you need one piece of data to, to make your life or your consumer's life so great, just collect that one piece of data. Don't collect anything else. Don't spoil it. And that's what it is. It is, it's temporal, right? Data is temporal. And if you don't use it in the right way at the right time, it's lost forever, right? So to your point is that you're very unique and you're embracing that collection, that data collection, because you want some value out of it. But I don't think that companies are mature enough yet in that data collection and how they're pushing it out to actually provide enough value to. There, there are a handful maybe of companies, but they push it out in, in forms of, like Facebook, mm -hmm. which is a revolutionary mobile company because they put an app out and they have 1.4 billion people, but they're only driving, this might sound ridiculous, $5 billion a quarter in revenue from basically one-sixth or one-seventh of the population. Right? That's a crazy low number for me, but it's all how? Mobile advertising which in my, my view is a dying industry simply because it's taking an old paradigm and trying to jam it into a new a shift in the way that we use these devices. So your data is being used. It's just being used in an old way that doesn't really show up well in mobile. I'm very interested to see them do something with that data that actually helps change some of the algorithm around what I'm doing. And, yeah. and it's okay that it's not clear yet but I want people to start talking that way. I want to start hearing that they're using that data to do something that could, and I'm okay with buying more stuff. Yeah. I'm okay with paying for things, but I want to pay for things that are actually going to make a difference in my life. You know, the, the biggest challenge though is that we're using context, we're, we're limited in the, the context that we use. So right now we use location. We use my history. So maybe this watch and our phones track us throughout our day, right? Uh, with permission, of course about where we've been, where we've stopped, what we've done. But oftentimes, that's not on our own schedule, right? So when you buy an Amazon and you buy, I mean, I buy my kids a Pokemon book, right? And if I don't tag that as a gift for somebody, when I go into my settings and it's deep into my settings and I pull up the product and I say this was a gift, my algorithm gets screwed up because now all I'm getting is Pokemon stuff. 
It's taking away from my Bruce Springsteen focus, right? So it screws everything up. Sure. The same thing when you are on your day. So with the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, you probably have a very limited amount of time that is your own, right? Everything is work-related or... And then maybe when you hit the ski hill, that is your own. But, you know, these are dumb processors. Data is dumb unless you put the right filter on it. And it looks at your day and then tries to compress that into an algorithm that pushes the right message to you, and it doesn't work. Why? Because your day is not your own, right? You are doing things for other people as well as yourself, and maybe sometimes not yourself. So what, what now happens with these devices is that you try to put a, a, a smoothing filter over it so that you kind of average out a long period of time. And, and it's okay. It's just not great. But now these things have 13 sensors on them. Right? So 13 sensors now applied to, uh, to location make a huge difference. So for example, when you're driving down the highway and you, know, you pass a store like Randall's or a paint store or whatever store you enjoy, when you pass that store and you have their app, uh, they're sending you a message, right? Because you pass within a proximity of it, they're like, okay, we're going to send you a message, but they don't really understand that you're going 100 kilometers an hour down the Queensway, right? It's out of context, but it is based on location. So now, what if they took speed into consideration? So we're not going to send you a message when you're going 100 kilometers an hour. What if they took into consideration um, whether your phone was in your pocket or not, right? Whether your screen was on or not in proximity to the store. Whether you were holding it up, holding it down. You know, what sounds are around, what ambient noise is around. So all of a sudden you're starting to add these, these different dynamics to context. Then, then the output is very customized to you. Okay. So I'm giving all this data away. Yes. For free, I might add. So we're giving all this data away for free. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're now being charged. What's going <laughs> on? This is crazy. We're, start we're starting to get charged by, by providers yeah. to tell us that they will protect our data for a price. Two providers who we pay. We, we actually pay the money for a service. So it's not freemium. So the freemium model I get. Yeah. We, we get something, we give something, we can expect that. And I, I explain it to people all the time. In this situation, we're paying for services and we're starting to get, you know, we got this notification from one of the providers that we work with that said, hey, you know what, it's going to cost you 30-something bucks to protect your data. I'm like, protect my data? What do you mean, protect my data? You yeah. can't sell that. I pay you for that. I pay you for my service. So uh, what's your take on this? Oh, man. You should not get me started on this. This is, this is a, a blight, right? And I think that this is, uh, when you talk about propaganda, I think this is right in the middle of this because your data is so valuable. Your personal data is so valuable. It should be your choice of what you give up, for whom, and for what cost. So if there's value for you to be on Facebook because your friends are on Facebook, you know that everything that you add to that or contribute to that is data. It's free reign. It'll be used for or against you, right? So that's what we're seeing right now. But when, when uh, carriers, uh, when businesses... Uh, diminish the value of your data to a point where they're charging you for it and you say, oh no, it's dismiss it. I'm not going to pay the $30 to protect my privacy or protect my data so you don't use it. Uh, they affix a, a, a really small value on your data and it changes the mindset. Basic home line service, which yep. I no longer have, is $30 a month. Right. So you're telling me it's going to cost me $30? To protect your data. Right, and this is uh, this is what AT&T is doing. I don't mind naming this: is that they'll charge you seventy dollars for internet access, and then thirty dollars to protect what it is that you surf on your device or wherever you are, and and that should be a default. And the reason I say that is that your data is worth so much money to them 
that they make so much money that it should be by default you opt out of everything that they do, that they share your, they will never share your data. And then should they decide to share your data, you give them permission. And that permission is in the form of either this is a benefit to me, I'll give it to you for free. This is a benefit, a big benefit to you, you will pay me for my data. So instead of you paying them $30, they should be paying you a ton more because that $30 for them has a serious ROI. I got about 50 more questions, but I'm going to focus on one. <laughs> Where are we going? Uh, big, big question. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the grand designs of, that has happened as a result of, of mobile and this kind of freeing of data, freeing of us from our desktops, um, is this, and, and, and the overall shift in the way that we do business, right? From big screens to small screens to wherever you are, right? The path, the path to purchase is no longer clear anymore. You don't decide at home and then go to the store. There's so many different you know, uh, points where you can change your mind along the way. I think fundamentally, business ultimately has changed for the better for this. And those companies that are sitting there thinking about how they apply mobile to their current business model may actually be screwed, right? Because it has opened up many, many, many different business models for the same audiences. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of the times people focus on migration of their existing business model onto the small screen and it might not fit. But what they should do is maybe take a step back, and this is what mobile is offered, take a step back, not only mobile, wearable technology that is emerging, everything that has to do with sensors, all of these things. So they should take a step back and look at their customer base, who they're serving, and then look at the needs of that customer base and then start to apply a mobile lens onto that customer base. And my guess is they're going to find brand new services, brand new business offers, uh, offerings that will drive brand new revenue, not just move it from one screen to the next, from those guys. And I think that that's what's so liberating about this industry. If you want to label it mobile, it, it is, but it's really understanding your customer base and looking to see what they will want from these devices. Rob, I'm sure we could talk for another four hours about this conversation. <laughs> there's, uh, as we talked about at the start, there's so many points of interest here. Uh, I'm really glad we had this chance. Maybe you come back again and visit us and we'll, sure. we'll talk about the updates of where we've seen things change. Um, that's another episode of The Brief. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, down below is going to be a blog that Rob and I put together on this conversation and many more. Uh, we have a couple of links in here. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for taking part.